0: KYW News Radio Original Podcasts.
1: This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Carol McKenzie. Apparently, we hit a soft spot with our podcast on COVID weight gain and how to lose it. A lot of you had questions after it, like what are some tactical tips to help you stay motivated? How does intermittent fasting work? There's a lot of confusion about that. What about those stress hormones, They're just plain evil? And I'm pretty sure you're gonna be shocked like I was at how long it takes to reset your lower weight set point. That tidbit alone may be enough to help you swear off sugar forever, and it helps explain why the weight comes back on so easily. We covered a lot of territory in our first chat with Dr. Winifred Constable, who runs Diata Weight Loss in Bryn Mawr, so check out that one, too, if you haven't already. So here we go. COVID Weight Busters, round two. It's a battle, but Dr. Constable is going to give us some of the tools we need to win it. The first question comes from a woman who asks, how important is your mindset for losing weight? And she says she has more than 100 pounds to lose and that it feels insurmountable. She wants to know what what should I be telling myself? She says, I feel trapped in my body and like my body doesn't match my true self. And I think that I started with that because I do think it can be overwhelming when you start to think about what you have to lose in that kind of bigger picture. Like, how long is it going to take me? Forever.
0: (laughs) So that's an excellent question. And it's completely understandable that one would feel overwhelmed by this large amount of weight that has to be lost. But what I will tell you is both from my experience of treating Clients here at Diet of Medical Weight Loss and seeing what people can accomplish, there is no amount of weight that is impossible to lose. And I speak as a professional from experience. We had a patient last week that just hit her 170 pound mark of having lost weight. Wow. And the way we approach it is to take it in small portions and to work at 10 pounds at a time. I think that when you have that much amount of weight to lose, you really need professional guidance because it's a very complicated problem. It's completely doable and possible. You have to work with somebody who understands, first of all, how this all goes about being treated. Again, it's you work in small segments of 10 pounds at a time, and then you need to get a blood test to see what's going on internally in your body so that somebody can design a food program that is appropriate to how you metabolize food. And I think the biggest problem that people have is that they're constantly searching for answers and there's just so many answers, it's really difficult to know which answer is the right one and which one is the right one for you. The other thing is, is that people are looking for instant answers. And I will tell you that in my view of the world, the bariatric surgery is not the answer. It does work immediately. And it does work for about five years. But if you look at the outcomes, 8, 10, 12 years down the road, you have a lot of damage that's left behind and many, many people gain most of the weight back.
1: I want to touch on something you just said, which was Ten pounds at a time, because that leads into this next question. Uh someone asked for tactical tips in keeping her his or herself motivated. Ten pound increments, but this person wants to know to weigh or not weigh every day. Uh should they keep track or log everything they eat? And and I'm wondering, you know, there are a lot of tracker apps out there too. So what do you, what are your thoughts on that?
0: This is where we work in our program on a very individualized way because I don't find that there's one answer that works for everybody. Now, again, there are big generic studies that show the following. Number one, weighing yourself every day, it turns out statistically you are more successful and tracking your food every day, statistically for most people you will be more successful. However, I find that you really need to work with people individually for some people, it creates such anxiety to weigh yourself every day that it just sabotages you. And for other people, the toll that it takes of, of logging every single thing that you write, eat, and write writing it all down is just impossible. But what I tell my patients is, if you do weigh yourself every day, think of it as you know a temporary gain or weight loss. In other words, you have to hit a, a target goal three times before it's real. So if you weigh 260 pounds and you get on the scale the next day and you're down to 255 pounds, you have to tell yourself that's not real. It's gonna go back up. When you see that number three times, then it's real. And this I think really helps people because the tendency is that if you lose three, four, five pounds, you think, oh, I'm doing really well. I can eat a little bit more. And then your weight goes right back up. But if you tell yourself it takes three visits on three different days for your weight to come down before it's real, then you really start to move forward. So we have different techniques we use to help people. But I think the answer is, number one, find out what works best for you. There's not a one size fits all. Statistically, for most people, weighing every day is a good thing and logging every day is a good thing. But if it doesn't work for you, it's the wrong answer. Number two, don't let the number on the scale sabotage you and get into your head emotionally because this is just going to slow you down. Tell yourself you have to see a number three times on the scale before it's real. And number three, you, if you have that much weight to lose, you probably are not going to succeed on your own. If you want to try, give yourself a time limit, maybe a month, two months. But if you find you're not succeeding, it's time to reach out to, for professional help.
1: I think that point though that you said, don't let it sabotage you emotionally is really, really important because when you get on the scale every day and you see it tick up, that can also just really kind of knock you off track because it gets, it gets frustrating. You think I am working so hard and losing weight right. and yet the scale's going up and you want to just run for the chocolate bar.
0: Absolutely. And people do all the time. They feel if I'm working this hard and my weight's going up, Why bother? I might as well just eat my tasty cakes and chocolates. But that is the incorrect answer. The way I would tell you to think about it is that when you look down at the floor, you're seeing a number on the scale, but you're not seeing what's happening inside your body. And there's a process of breaking down fat where fat binds to water, which makes your weight go up a little bit and then releases all the fat in the water and your weight drops. So losing weight is never a straight line down. It's always a process of gaining a little bit and dropping, gain a little bit and dropping. And so if you just embrace the fact that what you're doing is correct, you know, it's correct, you know, it's healthy. You just have to be very determined and you have to want it badly enough to put in the effort. Okay. And this is where the emotional and commitment becomes so important that you just have to be sort of like a bulldog, put your head down, tell yourself you're not giving up. That number on the scale is not a reflection of what's happening internally. Don't let it sabotage you and keep marching forward.
1: You will. You will. Is that why water is so important? I mean, besides, obviously, you need to keep hydrated. But seriously, is it because you're literally flushing fat out of your body? This is
0: one of the reasons that water is so important. If you look in any medical textbook, you will discover that our bodies are actually about 66% made of water. That's a lot of water. That is a lot of water in our body, but our bodies need water on many, many levels. The issue is that for some people who don't drink enough water, we lose our thirst mechanism. In other words, we don't feel thirsty, even though we we do need water. But you are correct. One of the things that water does is to flush out fat, and this will flush it out faster if you have more water in your system. Drinking water is hugely important. It also suppresses your hunger mechanism in a small way. In different ways. Mm -hmm.
1: Some people, though, there you know, we have so many fads. But right now, there seems to be kind of a water fad, and I've heard of people drinking extraordinary amounts of water, which isn't good either. So, what? um, How do you figure out the right amount of water to drink every day?
0: Yeah. So you are correct. You can actually become hyponatremic, which means low sodium, if you drink too much water. But I would tell you that. If you, if you drink about 48 to 100 cc's of water a day, and that's about the equivalent of four bottles of 16 ounces of water per day, that is enough for you. Again, if you're drinking 20 and 30 bottles of water a day, that's too much. Mm-hmm. But again, it, it's impossible to define exactly how much a person should drink because if you live in a very hot environment, you're, you're losing a lot through sweat people have different, you know, medications they're on that make them lose water. They have different medical diseases where you don't want to drink too much water. So it's a very individualized thing again, Carol. But in general, if you're drinking water all day long in a reasonable amount, so that's about one bottle, one 16 ounce of bottle, water a bottle about every four hours, that's a good amount of water and it's a healthy amount.
1: One of the things we just talked about when staying motivated was you said, you know, you've got to put your nose down and just keep going, but in all reality, we all kind of fall off the wagon, and one of the questions is, what do I do the day after a cheat day or a bump? How long do I have to be, quote-unquote, good before my weight is back at its true weight?
0: So we have something in our office here at Diet Medical Weight Loss called the four-day rule, and this is the four-day rule. Suppose it's Sunday, and you get up in the morning, it's your birthday, your daughter's made your favorite chocolate cake, <laughs> and you decide, I'm going to have a little bit. So the first thing you think is, thank goodness Dr. Constable's not here seeing me. <laughs> and the second thing you think is, I'm going to have a small piece of cake. So you, you eat your cake slowly. You enjoy it. You're not going to lose weight on Sunday because you ate the cake. If you get up Monday morning and get on the scale, your weight will be up because of the cake you ate Sunday. If you get a really good all day Monday and you get on the scale Tuesday, your weight will be up even more because it takes 48 hours to process sugar. the sugar is still being processed in your body. If you're really good Monday and Tuesday and you get on the scale Wednesday, your weight will start to come down. And if you're really good Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday in terms of your eating on Thursday, you'll be back to where you were on Sunday. What I tell patients is if you indulge in something like a piece of cake or some cheesecake or four glasses of wine, it's going to take four days to get back to where you started. And what I say to people is, look, I'm never going to tell you not to indulge or celebrate your birthday or celebrate your best friend's wedding. But with the question you need to ask yourself is, is it worth four days to get back? And that's generally what it's going to take.
1: That's kind that's of a good, way. yeah, that's kind of a good thing to have in your head thinking, yeah, this is what am I willing to pay that price? Maybe for birthday cake, but maybe not, you know, for that couple glasses of wine on a random Friday night.
0: Carol, what I would say to you is probably not. Okay? <laughs> when you think about it, most desserts are beautiful and look really pretty, but they never taste so wonderful that you're going to have to work so hard for four days to get it back.
1: I don't know. I'm going to so, bring you my you know, daughter's chocolate chip it. cookies. <laughs> that might change your mind. But right.
0: Um, but think hard about it yeah. or make an intentional decision. Don't just rush in and just let all boundaries down and decide you're going to celebrate. Make a decision. Is it worth four days for the next week?
1: So this kind of dovetails into the next one. Um, a woman who gained 48 pounds during the pandemic, she said her husband eats pizza and sweets all day long, of course, doesn't gain an ounce. So what she wants to know is how important is it for him to change his eating habits? Because she says she knows the people you surround yourself with impact your daily habits. So how crucial are his habits to her being able to change her habits and losing weight?
0: Well, that's an excellent question. But remember that food is not just about being thin. It's about being healthy, okay? And I don't care how fat or thin you are. Eating pizza and chocolate chip cookies and ice cream every day on a regular basis is really not healthy for you. So my first suggestion is her husband needs to go out and get a blood test and see what's going on with his cholesterol and sugars and fasting insulin levels. Many people that are very, very thin as youngsters become very heavy as adults. And this is exactly the reason why is that they, their parents think they're too thin. There was a time where pediatricians thought they were too thin. So the first thing I would suggest is it's not healthy for her husband to be eating all that garbage. Okay. On a regular basis. Yes, absolutely. Losing weight. Statistically, has been shown to be more successful when you are in an environment where people support you. If you know she needs to have a conversation with her husband and say, "Look, I need your help. This is really important to me. I need to do this for my health. I want to do this. You have to help me. And if you're going to be eating foods like that, please try not to eat them here at home. Go out with your friends." eat them at your office, but please don't bring them into the house because I need your support.
1: The next question has to do with crash dieting. And you kind of hit on this a little bit before. So this person writes that he or she wants to lose weight ASAP before they see all of their friends' suggestions. (laughs) (laughs) You said no instant, right? No instant answers here. Right. So first of all,
0: If she goes out and sees her friends, my guess is they've probably put on a good amount of weight as well. And when you think about it, you love your friends for who they are. I could care less whether my friends are heavy or not. I just genuinely love them as people. So think about that. And if her friends don't feel that way, she needs to change her (laughs)
1: friends. (laughs) Needs new friends. But
0: of course, she wants to get that weight off. It's been a very difficult year. And now we want to get back to some form of normalcy. But what I would tell you is... What we do here in our program at Diet of Medical Weight Loss is we put patients on a two-week, very rigorous program to really get the weight moving. And I will frequently see anywhere from five to 10 pounds off in the first two weeks, but this is mostly water weight. So you can get a good amount of weight off instantly, but it's not going to be fat. And at some point, we have to move out of losing water to losing fat and if you just need to lose about 40 pounds, I would tell you, you are going. You should expect to lose about two pounds per week of fat, okay? And you may find even that one week you work really hard and you lose nothing, but then the following week you will lose maybe three pounds. Mm-hmm. So weight doesn't come off evenly. But the answer to this woman is that she can lose a little bit of weight instantly, probably five pounds, but after that, if she really wants to lose the fat and that's what she wants, it's going to have to be about a two pound per week um, advancement.
1: Um, in the previous podcast, we talked very briefly about intermittent fasting. Uh, you said it was okay sometimes, but that it's misunderstood by most people. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What is it and you know, when is it, I guess, okay to, to use that as a weight loss tool?
0: Yeah, I think that's an excellent question, Carol, because it's very much the rage in America. We are always looking for instant answers here in America and fast answers. So let's talk about intermittent fasting. And it's very important to understand the science behind it. Intermittent fasting is not something you're going to live on for the rest of your life. And so I'm not an advocate of doing it, thinking that this is the magic answer for you. But what's really happening during intermittent fasting is you're eating your food during a a, a limited amount of time, say six hours out of 24 hours. And that means you're going for 18 hours without eating. Now, let's think about what's happening during those 18 hours. Your blood sugars are dropping and your insulin levels are dropping because insulin parallels blood sugars. For fat to move out of the fat cell, you have to have low insulin levels. As I've said many, many times before, insulin is the key to understanding weight loss. So, for some people, their insulin levels are so high, they don't drop fat low enough for the fat to move out of the fat cell. And when I see a patient who has been working really hard, eating three meals a day and two snacks a day, and her weight's not coming off, and I really believe that she's not cheating at all, I know that the answer is that her insulin levels are too high. And so I will put her or him for anywhere from one week to two weeks on intermittent fasting and I won't have them eat less calories, I will just compress their food into a limited time space okay. because this allows the body to drop that insulin level so the fat can move out of the fat cell. This is where I find that it's appropriate. So if you are really good for a week, 10 days, and your weight just is not moving out, this is where it's appropriate to, to use intermittent fasting. But what I will tell you is that my patients then go back to eating eating, three meals a day and their weight continues to move off, even though they're not, that's exactly what they were doing before. But an intermittent fasting is not a long-term solution. You can't live on eating only during a six hour window for the rest of your life. And as I say over and over again, I'm not interested in temporary weight loss. I'm interested in permanent weight loss. So I think temporarily in certain situations it is a very good tool, which I do use in our program here.
1: I want to talk a little bit about kind of the mental health issue because mental health has been such a big issue for so many people during this pandemic. And there's this this question that I think probably a lot of people out there can relate to. This person says that um, she's been diagnosed with severe depression and started a new medication. And the question is, can I still lose weight or will it not be worth my time right now? She understands that eating well overall you know is really important but she's just debating whether or not this is the time i guess to start a diet
0: so first of all i never call it a diet because a diet is something temporary okay it's you go on you lose the weight you go off it we don't do diets here we do programs okay we have to find a rhythm of eating that people can live with but the answer is yes it is appropriate first of all high insulin levels cause depression and i have a handout i give our clients here explaining exactly the biochemistry of how when you eat too many carbohydrates, this triggers depression. So right away, going on a healthy program is gonna lower your anxiety and your depression. It's gonna make you better from a mental health standpoint immediately. When patients come back after two weeks and say, Dr. Constable, I love you. They don't love me. They don't even know me, right? But I know they're saying this because their insulin levels have dropped and they're feeling so much better. And there's a shift biochemically in your brain where you're making more serotonin? So the answer is yes, she should go on the pro, start a program immediately. The second thing is that we have many, many patients, if not most of my patients are on some form of antidepressants and can lose weight. Now, there are a few psychiatric medications that I won't describe right now that really make it difficult to lose weight, but any of the antidepressants, you can take them and still lose weight. Absolutely. And you should start immediately.
1: This leads to the next question, which might be my favorite of the bunch, which is when you're stressed out, why does your body not just burn extra fat? Why does stress make you crave more food? Exactly. Very good question. So the answer is that think about
0: what your body needs when you're stressed. It needs energy. Okay, if you come face to face with a a lion in the jungle of Africa, it's the same adrenaline that gets released as when you're working with a boss that screams at you all day long, okay? It's the same stress hormone. When your body is stressed, it needs energy. So what does it do? It releases the hunger hormones, the ghrelins. And these ghrelins go to a place in the brain that trigger you to want to eat. So you do not burn energy when you're stressed. Your body wants energy, it triggers a desire to eat. And this is why one of the reasons that stress is very toxic. We need to deal with stress. This is something we discuss in our in our program here. But yes, she is correct that when you're stressed, you want energy, and your body triggers a desire to eat.
1: That you know makes me wonder. We hear we've heard so much now about mindfulness and meditation, and I'm curious what your opinion is. How do you think those are important practices to it, when it comes to losing weight?
0: Anything that takes stress out of your body and out of your mind is healthy. And it's frankly something we don't talk about enough as physicians and as healthcare workers in America. So anything that releases stress world is a good thing, whether it's seeing a good therapist that helps you, doing meditation, exercising, taking vacations, pampering yourself once a week, getting your nails done, anything that watching for men watching, or women as well, of course, watching professional sports, these are really healthy things. And I tell my patients, these are not indulgences. These are necessities. It's something we do not, we work very hard here in America. And it's something we do not discuss enough in our in our healthcare settings is how to relieve stress, to make ourselves healthier, but also happier, of course. Yeah. But yes, meditation is an excellent thing that we should all be
1: doing. Next question comes from somebody who says uh, she's always surprised to hear so many people gain all their weight back because it takes so much time to lose 50 or more pounds. She says, you'd think those habits would become an ingrained part of their lifestyle. So is there a biological reason that our body wants to creep back up to that heavier weight? Why do so many people lose so much weight and then gain it back?
0: Okay, so again, that's an excellent question that I think most people are not even aware of all the triggers that got you into trouble, that made you 50 pounds heavier. They're still there in the real world calling your name. Okay. Whether it's the pizza or the gin and tonics or the ice creams, they're still there in your environment. Now, the important thing is though that our bodies have something called a set point. So that's your internal thermostat of what your body thinks is your normal weight and your body triggers a desire to eat to push you back to that set point. Here's the bad news. It takes two years to reset your set point. We have in our maintenance program here. So we do a maintenance program where I see patients really only about three to four times a year. But this is just to make sure that they don't gain that weight back. Because I know that most people don't regain their weight a month or two months after they have lost it. It's generally eight to 10 months, that's the time window where they start really regaining all that weight. And it's because your whole metabolism is slowed down, your ghrelin, your hunger hormones are peaked, trying to push your weight back to the set point. Now, if you can stick it out and just get to that new place, after two years, your body will reset itself. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't get that weight back. But what it does mean is that desire to eat will not be so ferocious. It will be much easier. But people have to understand that when you've lost a lot of weight or a little bit of weight, 10 pounds, your body still wants you to go back to where it started. That's your set point. It's sitting there and it's not going to change for about two years.
1: Why does it, So why does it seem, though, like the higher set point you can set that much easier and it why does it take two years to change it back? You know what I mean? Like it's, it seems like yeah. I can gain 10 pounds in a month and all of a sudden that's my new set point. But in order to set it back, it takes two years.
0: So actually, your, your new set point is not 10 pounds if you were, you know, if this is a new 10 pounds you've gained. But the issue is, Carol, so there's a couple of things here. You have something called a leptin, which triggers a desire to stop eating. But it turns out that the heavier you are, disease state where your brain is not hearing that leptin it's not getting through to the brain so first of all the system that stops you from eating doesn't work very well while the system that triggers you to eat works very well but remember that we evolved in a world over millions of years where there wasn't enough food so our whole body system is designed to trigger us to eat and this is a self-survival mechanism Okay. We didn't evolve in a world of excess food. And in fact, if we step out of America into the third world countries, most of the world doesn't have excess food. So this is not a problem for most of the world. But here in America, where we live in a world full of toxic excess food, we really have to focus hard and pay attention and eat intentionally. But to answer your question, our bodies evolved in a world where there wasn't enough food. And so we're designed to gain weight very easily but to lose weight with great difficulty.
1: Uh, one one uh, person asked this question, do you think over, being overweight is the same thing as having a food addiction?
0: No, I do not. So being overweight is due to an imbalance in the foods you're eating, okay? It's not necessarily being addicted to a particular food. Most people that are overweight are addicted to something, whether it's deep fried foods or highly sweet foods or alcohol, but the two are different mechanisms in your brain. They're not necessarily hand in hand. There are some people that overeat everything, pizza, potato chips, ice cream, chocolate cake, gin and tonics, cheesecake. Yeah. Yeah, you name it. But it doesn't. Nece- they're not necessarily addicted to something in particular.
1: So another person writes, and this kind of touches on some of the things we've discussed. But this person says uh, she's looking forward to, go out to going to dinner parties again and going out to restaurants. But she wants some advice on how to kind of we how to re-enter that world, you know, the world of vacation and dinner parties and restaurants. She says, "How do you asks How do you suggest approaching vacations?" And not like go having the gin and tonics and the pizza and stuff.
0: Exactly, (laughs) exactly. So that's a question that I haven't had for about a year. And now I have it probably 20 to 30 times a day from patients. (laughs) This is a good question because we have to integrate our eating with our life. It's not healthy to live in a box and sit at home. You have to take your vacations. You need to see your friends. And absolutely, you should be going to wonderful restaurants. But we actually have a handout here in our program that I give patients. It's called How to Survive a dinner party, a restaurant, or an event. And there's a whole lot of techniques I suggest. But the first thing I would tell you is never arrive at a dinner party or a restaurant feeling ravenously hungry because everybody's going out now. You're gonna stand in line and wait 20 to 30 minutes for your table. And then they sit you down and out comes the bread and out comes the wine. And it could be another 20 to 30 minutes before the chef has your food ready. And that can be a whole hour of sitting there and feeling ravenous you're gonna start eating bread, it's gonna happen. So I tell patients, number one, don't arrive feeling ravenously hungry, eat something before you go. What should you eat? Something with protein in it. So I usually will have half a cup to a cup of yogurt, um, nonfat plain Greek yogurt, a few slices of turkey, something that's gonna hold me for a cup for an hour. The second thing is, is that when I go to a restaurant, I tell patients, I'm, I mean, I tell the waiter that I'm lactose intolerant because I don't want him to cook my food in butter. Butter is the big problem in restaurants. Now, you have to make a decision. If you're going to some wonderful restaurant like Le Fan in Philadelphia, I would tell you, eat small portions. You're going to eat their wonderful food or any of the other fabulous restaurants we're lucky to have here. I tell the patients, tell the waiter you're lactose intolerant so they don't cook your food in butter. And then make very mindful decisions of what you're going to eat. People love you. They want to see you. They don't care what you eat. Nobody's paying any attention to what you eat. When dessert rolls around, get a cup of tea, put your hands firmly on that cup and don't let go. Do not start (laughs) nibbling on the dessert because one bite leads to two bites. And before you know it, you've had 10 bites. So those are some techniques we give patients when they're trying to lose weight, but they're, they want to go out and see their friends. And I would tell you, absolutely go out and see your friends, take your vacation, go to restaurants. You need this mentally. It's You have to integrate eating with your life. You cannot live your life in a box.
1: Dr. Constable, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Those are some you know, great tips and really just great information on how your body works. I think it's a complex issue that those of us who aren't in the medical field you know we don't understand how you know all the hormones and and everything else that goes into this mix. Absolutely, Carol. It's my pleasure, and I'll hope to see you soon again. <laughs> Thank you. Hopefully, take care. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Carol McKenzie, and we'll have another episode out soon.